Well, happy Father's Day. This morning, dads, be encouraged. I know as a dad, sometimes you feel inept when you look at the world around us and you're thinking, how do I raise my kids? How, do I, how can I be a good dad? How can I meet the challenges that are around my family? Be encouraged this morning. God has placed you right there in the place that you are at with the kids that you have to be a dad as he has designed you to be. And as we feel like, boy, there is there's nothing I can do for whatever situation. This is bigger than me. I have failed as a dad. I don't know if there's a single dad who hasn't felt like that at, at least once, multiple times. There's a few times that I had to apologize to my kids. That's not what I want to be. <laughs> That's not, but, but here's what I want to be. And just being brutally honest with my kids sometimes. But we can always look to the good Father that we have. Father in heaven. I, had a, a, I have a great dad um, who's a great dad in many, many ways, but in the, the, the greatest thing that he did for us as kids was to show us, by example even, in his words, but also by his example, what it is to follow God and to honor the Father. He pointed us to the perfect Father. Very grateful for my dad in doing that. Well, this morning we're going to look at the good Father that we have in heaven as we're continuing through the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7. We're picking up in verse 7. Let's read together. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. God, I pray that you teach us by your word. Holy Spirit, help us to understand it. Help us to be receptive to it. To learn by it. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. It starts off here with three commands with promises. Three commands. We sung the three commands in the first worship song this morning. Ask, seek, and knock. Three commands from Jesus Christ. Each of those paired with a promise. Ask. It will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. What are these three commands? Ask. That's, that's speaking. Jesus taught us already about how to pray and how to 
how to talk to the Father in, in private, how to ask, seeking. That's actually open your eyes, look, go, seek, right? He, and he actually told us about seeking, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But seeking is more than just the asking, it's actually looking. You're looking for what you're asking for. And then knocking is even a step further. There's a persistence to this. Knocking is doing something. That thing that you're looking for, it's going after it. It's being persistent. It's knocking. It's taking action towards that. How are we to understand these three commands rightly? Well, after Jesus gives these three commands... And he says, again, he repeats, but in the singular instead of the plural. He says, which, uh, he says, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, the one who knocks, it will be open. He goes into verse 9 with an analogy. Looking at us, for us to understand what this is about. He says, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Your son's hungry. He needs bread. He asks for bread. Which one of you would, would then give him something that's not going to nourish him? That's maybe a stone that looks like bread, but it's not bread. You're not going to do that to your kid. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent, something dangerous. He's asking for provision, and you're giving him something that's going to hurt him. No. He says, if you then, who are evil where there's a whole study in that. God's the one who's good. We're not the good father that he is. But if you then who are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? This, is, this whole analogy is an analogy between a father and his children. We're talking about asking and seeking and knocking. This is a relationship. This is in the, the context of a relationship with our Father in heaven. All of these things are in relationship with our good Father. He is the one responding to the asking and the seeking and the knocking. And so as we're getting into this, a question that I have to ask myself, we should be asking ourselves, how is my relationship with the Father? How is my relationship with the Father? Does it involve asking? Does it involve going and seeking? We're talking about the relationship with the Father. Does it involve persistent knocking? This does have a sense of persistence in it that God is wanting us to have. If, if you were to look in Luke chapter 11, 
I think it's actually a different time that Jesus was talking about prayer, a similar topic. It looks like this, but it was a different time in his ministry. He would have taught about these things multiple times. And he says a lot of the same things, but, but he gives an example there in Luke 11. As an analogy, he says, how about you guys? You got a friend, you go over to their house in the middle of the night. You say, I've got house guests, I need some bread. And your friend, what's he going to say? It's the middle of the night. My house is locked down. My kids are in bed. Go away. But he does uh, get up and give you bread. Why? Not because he's your friend, but because of your knowing persistence. Or what's translated there in, in the ESV is it your impudence. That you, because you just, you were insensitive to the fact that it's the middle of the night and you were just insistent on asking, okay, then he'll get up and he'll give you bread. And that's, that's the analogy Jesus gives us for how we're supposed to be asking, seeking, knocking in our relationship with the Father. Persistent. Not saying, oh, I wonder if this is a good time to ask God. Maybe this isn't really what I should be asking God. No, he says, to ask persistently. Seek and knock. It's important also that we see the context. We've seen the context. We've spent a good amount of time going through it. The Sermon on the Mount is the context that this comes into. Where our focus is what? Seeking. Central in there. Seeking after the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The kingdom of God and His righteousness is all throughout this. We started off the Sermon on the Mount. How to enter into the kingdom of God. We quickly got into the topic of His righteousness, desiring His righteousness, being persecuted for being like Christ and calling that blessing. The requirement of truly to be a part of the kingdom of God, we would have to have a righteousness that was greater than anything that they knew before, righteousness of the heart, a righteousness that would love and bless your enemies even. talked about relationship with the Father in prayer. Practicing our righteousness in relationship with the Father in private. Not to be seen by other people. Talked about desiring heavenly treasures. Trusting God for tomorrow. Not worrying about tomorrow, but in relationship with the Father, trusting Him for tomorrow. And in our relationships with each other, not using this righteousness to point out each other's sins and expose each other, but to help each other be free of sin and to walk in righteousness. That's the context then that he's saying. Now as you're in this relationship, as you see this, the glory of my grace that I've called you into to be a part of the kingdom, what we have through Jesus Christ. He says, ask. Ask me. Seek and knock persistently. That's the context of this. There's another place in Scripture we can see a counter context where things don't work out so well. Let's look in James chapter 4. 
This might be a context we're more familiar with because it's a context that we were born into. I put my bookmark in the wrong place. So now I got to find it the old school way. All right. James chapter 4 and verse 1 says, What causes quarrels? It's already more familiar, isn't it? What causes quarrels? What causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. And we learned that could just be murder of the heart even, right? You covet cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Already we're looking at a context where it's all about me and it's my way and I'm not even going to ask God in these things. And he says you don't have because you don't ask. And in verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. This is the counter opposite of the glory of the grace of what Jesus is describing in the Sermon on the Mount. This is not a context that we can expect to ask and receive, to seek and find, to knock and have the way open to us. It's the context of a relationship with the Father, not being an enemy of the Father. Context of wanting His ways and His righteousness, seeking after His kingdom, not my ways, my covetousness, getting what I want out of this world. Completely separate context. Back in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Jesus says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? What's good? It's the thing that will truly nourish. It's the thing that's not the serpent that's going to hurt you. God is the perfect Father. He knows what's going to be good for us. As a dad, have you ever given your kids something a little bit different than what they asked for because you knew what would come later? Yeah, you think you want that. That's going to hurt you. You think that's going to satisfy you. Maybe I'll let you have a taste, but then I've, already, I've got what you really need right here, ready for you. You're going to have to learn your lesson, and then I've had to learn those lessons myself. 
He's a good father who's going to give good things. Back in Luke chapter 11, it also talks about you who are evil know how to give good things to your kids. How much more your father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. More specific, in the gift of God to his children. The good things that we have the agent of the good things that we have from the Father is from the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. As we ask and we seek and we knock, it's the Holy Spirit then who is responding on behalf of the Father, on behalf of the Son. He is the one who's been given to us. As we're asking for strength, He is the one giving strength. As we're asking for provision, He is the one providing. As we're asking for direction, He's the one giving direction. As we're opening His Word, pouring to God, I don't know what to do next. He is the one enlightening God's Word to show us. And to, so the Holy Spirit, that's God's good, good gift to us. The Holy Spirit is God in us. How do I know God, I can't see Him. Well, God gave us His Son. In Christ, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In Christ, I can see the full character of God. Well, how do I get to know Christ? Well, Christ sent His Holy Spirit. And in the Holy Spirit, I can come to know Jesus. I can come to know the Father. I can, I can boldly go before the Father. I can do everything in relationship to God because of the Holy Spirit He's given me. So here's an important question as we're looking at the good, good gifts that God gives us. Am I trusting His Spirit? Not only do I need to look at my relationship with the Father but it is His Spirit that is the agent of His provision in everything. Am I trusting His Spirit in my life? His Spirit. When we first put our faith in Christ, it was His Spirit that gave us new life. It's through the Spirit they were baptized into the body of Christ. We become members, true, spiritually, members of the body of Christ. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. Saving work of God in the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that generates the new person within us. That regeneration within us is by the Spirit. Empowering us, teaching us, guiding us. He's the helper. That's His role in the Godhead. Through the Spirit, we can have a real relationship with both the Father and the Son. Am I trusting as I'm asking God, petitioning God in the quietness? It's the Holy Spirit who's helping me to pray. It's the Holy Spirit that's bringing His answer. It's the Holy Spirit that's bringing guidance. 
It's the Holy Spirit that's working around me to bring about an answer. When we were as a church gifted six acres of land to build a church on, that wasn't just out of the kindness of a man's heart. It was the Holy Spirit working in the heart of a man to say, you need to give this land to this church. It's the Holy Spirit who's the agent to bring about the answer to your prayers. Are you trusting the Holy Spirit in your life? Or are you quenching the Holy Spirit? I don't want to hear from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit exposes sin in my life. I don't want to hear from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts me of what I'm doing wrong. I don't want to hear from the Holy Spirit. He's illuminating the fact that, that what I'm asking is to spend on the passion, my own passions. That, that I'm living in that, that James passage and I'm not living here in the Matthew 7 passage. And so I don't want to hear from the Holy Spirit. You know what happens when you quench the Holy Spirit? You're not going to get an answer to the asking. You're not going to seek and find. The way is not going to be opened. So maybe you just go around and you try to find openings. Oh, this is an opening. We'll go there. That must be God's direction in my life. It didn't require any knocking to get through it. Is that of God? Is that the Holy Spirit opening a way? Or is that just me trying to... Be comfortable in my passions, not wanting to trust the Holy Spirit and just looking for openings to go through. The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to be leading according to God's will and God's provision. Am I trusting the Holy Spirit? And we get into verse 12. Starts a new paragraph, but it's connected. I believe it is. I think it's even connected to what comes before this. Very much connected to this passage. Starts out, so. If you're talking to somebody and you say, so, you're already connecting what came before to what you're about to say, right? And he gives us the golden rule. Whatever you wish others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Law and the prophets was how they referred to the scriptures. It was the law and the prophets. That's the whole of what they had is what is our Old Testament scripture. Everything that comes before this book of Matthew that we're in right now is the law and the prophets. Saying all of it. Here's one way to sum it up. What's this also look like? Love your neighbor as yourself. It's connected to love the Lord your God. He's already talked about the law and the prophets. If I go back almost to the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, after he's talked about how to get into the kingdom of God, he says, I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. And then we have the substance of the Sermon on the Mount, and then we get here, and he ends this 
one paragraph with, for this is the law and the prophets. I think we can take all of that as contained within answering that question, what is the substance of the completion and fulfillment and fullness of the law of the prophets? And really, loving in this way, to do to others what I wish they would do to me, sums up what's come before here. You know, Jesus wasn't the first one to come up with a golden rule. Rabbis before that actually summed up. I, there was an account of a rabbi who uh, was kind of funny. Something about, you know, in, in the amount of time that a Gentile could stand on one foot to sum up the law and the prophets. And what did he say? He said, what is hateful to you, do not do to anyone else. This is the whole law. They said the same kind of a thing in Hinduism and Buddhism even before that. But they said it in the negative, not the positive. They said, whatever you don't want people to do to you, don't do to them. That was what they said. That was their golden rule. And Jesus is the first one we have record of stating it in the positive whatever you wish people would do to you. Do that to them. That's what sums up the Law and the Prophets. With the negative version, I can get away with doing nothing. Just don't do what they don't want you to do or what you don't want them to do to you. You're good. The sin of omission is not possible in Jesus' definition. It doesn't even require that they do those things to you. Just whatever you wish that they would do to you. And this is a command from Jesus. Do that to them. Let's bring in the context into the golden rule. centered on the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Having fully accepted the grace of God through His Son, Jesus, for entry into the kingdom of heaven, to have that righteousness, not because I have accomplished it, but because I have that righteousness through Christ, who paid for my sin on the cross, and now through faith in Him, I have His righteousness in my life. And, and then as... God, he is describing the, the fullness of, of the kingdom, really. Uh, of a glory that, that is of righteousness of the heart, of, of intimate relationship with the Father. As I look at that, and I consider deep down, with that conviction in mind, what is it that I really want? Here's the last question. What is my kingdom wish? Let's put it into context. And truly, put aside for a minute, we know we're not supposed to be selfish and want things for ourselves. And I mean, it's right here in the Golden Rule. But, but let's first answer this question really seriously, deep down, in the convictions of my heart, what is it that I wish, especially from those 
who are in the kingdom. I'll tell you what I wish. That in their asking, it would be on my behalf. That they're seeking the Father. That it would be seeking on my behalf. That, that, that David would have the riches of the kingdom. That he would, re- he would see that now. That he would be in an in intimate relationship with the Father. That he would have that. That they would be persistent in that. Knocking, acting. Selfishly, in the context of the kingdom of God, what I want is the fullness of the joy and the glory and the grace of God working in my life. I want to be free of sin. I want to enjoy His righteousness now. And so what I would ask selfishly, what I want, is that in the asking and the seeking and the knocking, that that would be on my behalf. And here's Jesus' commandment to me. You, David, do that for those in your life that I put in your life. Whether or not they're asking and seeking and knocking on your behalf, you do that. What are we asking for? What are we seeking? What does the knocking look like? I'm so thankful for this festival that came to be that our church invested herself into. You know what was involved in that? Since we planted this church, we've been asking God, use us to reach this community. It's difficult to reach somehow, for some reason. It's because there's an enemy that doesn't want us to reach this community, right? We haven't stopped asking. We've been persistent in our asking. God, help us to reach this community. We've been seeking out ways not just in the quiet of our prayer life asking, but we've been seeking. How can we reach this community? And since the beginning we've sought, before we even had a place to meet, and someone told us, well, don't try to meet in a school because all the schools are full or not having anybody. Well, we sought and we knocked. And what happened? He answered, we found, he opened, that was the experience. His promises are true. And we continue to run into barriers. And we continue to ask. We haven't stopped asking. We haven't stopped seeking. We haven't stopped knocking. And God has continued to answer his Holy Spirit has provided. His, it, we, when we had the, the drive-ins out here on the lawn, before we ever came into this building, or even knew that we could come into this building, that was God's provision. That's the Holy Spirit working and responding through people, through circumstance, through everything, to our asking and seeking and knocking. 
And, and over and over again in, in this place, we don't even pay to be here. We're asking and seeking and knocking, and His promise is true. He keeps responding and providing. And we've wanted to reach out into the community, and it's felt frustrating because we can't. It's all sorts of ways that you know, it's not time yet. And then it's, you just plain can't. It's COVID-19 or whatever it is. It's not the time, but we kept asking and seeking and knocking. And so praise the Lord, one step that we got to see. At Christmas time, there was, we did the campfires, asking, seeking, knocking. It wasn't a huge number that showed up, but the people that did got ministered to. It was God's purpose, God's answer. He, it was His loaves of bread. It was His provision in it. And then this festival... Praise the Lord for how that went, exactly how God wanted it to do. I can't tell, uh, so many people invested in that, I don't think any of us can say, oh, it's because of our expertise that we pulled it off. But boy, we asked, and we sought, and we knocked. Some of you knocked really hard because it was knocking on nails and knocking on (laughs) all sorts of things to put it all together. But it was God who answered. God who allowed us to see what to put together ultimately in our imperfections. And it's God then who opened the way for us to give the gospel, to tangibly show God's love to our neighbors. And now we have new relationships that are just beginning. And and I trust that it's in God's purpose that those are going to grow. And when he first gives us this command to, to ask and seek and knock in the English, we lose sight of the fact that these are plural. You, disciples of mine, all of y'all, ask, seek, knock together. That's what we've been doing. It's not give up. God wants us to be persistent, and in that, he teaches us how to trust Him. He teaches us His ways. He is a good, good Father. And we grow up to be children that love God, who by the Spirit that He's given us are able to truly say, Abba, Father. Out of the experience of the fires we've walked through, to be able to say, My God, my Father, I... No one can touch me because my Father loves me. How is your relationship with the Father? Are you asking? In your own life, are you seeking? When you go to work, You're not somehow outside the kingdom of God when you go to work. Are you seeking what God is doing? Is the direction of your asking and seeking and knocking towards those that are around you? Are you praying and asking God's blessing upon those in your workplace, those in the circles that God's put you into? Are you seeking after what God's doing? If 
If I was to ask you, what's God doing in your life right now? What's God doing in your workplace? What's God at, at, up to in these different circles of your life? Can you answer that? Are you even trying to find that out? That's what the seeking is. Seeking after the substance of what you're asking for. But you've got to be already asking. And then when you go to work, what are you doing? There's people who are very much against anything to do with Jesus in our life, right? We all know people like that. Are you knocking on their life persistently? And they're not going to answer ultimately because they're so nice, but because you just won't go away and you're so insensitive to keep telling them about Jesus and how you love Jesus and what Jesus is doing in your life and how much Jesus loves them. And are we doing a good job of knocking not just for the things that we want, but for the purposes of God. We have a good, good Father, and when we are asking and seeking and knocking in the context of His will and His kingdom and His righteousness, His promise, His promise is that He will answer and that we'll find and the way will be open. Let's sing about our good, good Father. His ways are perfect and good. Let's stand and sing. Well, I heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love you're pleased in that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, I've seen many searching for answers. Far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, cause you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. 
is who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. God, you're perfect in all of your ways. To us, you are perfect in all of your ways. God, you're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, His love so undeniable. I, I can hardly speak in peace so unexplainable I I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love 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 you're a good good father it's who you are who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am. So I am You are perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways God, you're perfect in all of your ways To us You are perfect in all of your ways God, you're perfect in all of your ways you are perfect in all of your ways to us. God, your ways are absolutely perfect. God, your gift of the Holy Spirit and everything that you give us through the provision of your Holy Spirit, God, Every bit of it is good, even when it doesn't feel good, as we're being shaped into the person that you want us to be, shaped into the glory of your children, who are like their father. God, it is all good, it's perfect. Your promise that you work all things, even the difficult, hard things, even, even the things that the enemy would bring against us, you turn it and you work it all for our good. God, we understand what that good is. It's to be conformed to the image of your Son so that we can walk in the blessing of the righteousness that you have called us to. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, God, that we can call you Father. We don't deserve that. But because of your Son, 
going to the cross for us, we can call you Father. Lord, I pray this week that we don't just go back to whatever it is we're doing in our own way, in our own path, in our own purposes, God, but that it would be a week of a fresh start, of lifting everything up to you, asking you, God, in faith. Lord, if there's something that we need to lay down that we're not trusting you with, in order to be able to listen and respond to your Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you give, give us the courage to lay those things down. If it's a sin we're struggling with, God, give us the courage to ask for help, to confess it to you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to enter into the joy of the salvation that we have in you, where we can ask, and we can pursue the things that you've laid before us, seeking and knocking and seeking and knocking and asking, knowing that your promises are true, that you, God, We'll answer and provide the way. We love you, God. And it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Dads, don't forget to come and pick up a gift up here. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy the rest of your day.